This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,592, recorded October 16th, 2000. Have any of you considered that there are several things that man's mind has thought of? I could probably come up with a finite list of outstanding ones that I haven't tried yet of things that the mind thinks of that at first blush appears to be a potentially important or interesting question and then the mind can come up with nothing resembling a conclusive answer and I'm not speaking of anything uh, scientifically spectacular and open-ended such as looking for the theory of everything just everyday affairs, things that have apparently either a yes or no answer. So when I say that the mind cannot come up with a conclusive response, it has two conclusive responses. The only two, once I tell you the kind of question I have in mind, you'll understand because the answer is always either yes or no, true or false. And so the mind proposes these several questions, one of which I'm going to use shortly. I can understand why it doesn't, speaking figuratively, strangle everyone on this planet. Why everyone doesn't think of such as this, especially if I, if I personally, yours truly, took the time to walk around the planet and point it out to people that I believe that they would surely grab their throats figuratively and gurgle make strange noises and fall to the ground and kick a few times and then stand up and be awake, be clear-headed, their minds deregulated, defragged. <laughs> we have a destiny individually. Man knows it. He proposes the question and cannot face an answer, cannot come up with a conclusive answer. As far back as recorded history goes, in myth and religious tale and straight out-and-out philosophical reflection, people have been asking, proposing the question, are we in some way, does an individual man have a destiny? Are we fated to live a certain kind of life? And anyone with anything resembling an active consciousness finds the question at least momentarily interesting. And many people have found it to be profoundly interesting to the point that it consumed their life. And so they propose the question, or you hear it proposed, a man's mind hear it, hears it proposed, do we have a, an individual destiny? Right now I'm using destiny and fate synonymously. Do we, are we fated to live a certain kind of life? A man will propose the question, or a person will hear it proposed, and in either case go, aha, very interesting, could be very significant. And, they don't say it this way, but I could say, and, you know the answer? And they go, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. But the question itself only offers one of two answers. The human mind proposed the question. 
The gods didn't propose it. They didn't find it laying here on the ground. It didn't come out of a volcano. It was not debris left over from a typhoon. The human mind, after being consciousness, conscious thought, after being for some length of time in a homo sapien, came up with a query. And it strikes everyone throughout your life. An incident may happen. It may have to be brought to your attention forcibly. That is, through some, science, through some physical episode. But people are continually confronted with, why did I do what I did? How could I have operated in such a way that now? Just instantly I realized was to my detriment. I knew better. I even told myself not to do it. Why did I do it? It's almost as though I was helpless. And if you're away from ideas of uh, evil spirits and being possessed and etc., course, I don't mean to downgrade those. Those are just as good as any other damn fairy tale. But this sounds to be on a higher level. People take it. Ordinary minds take this to be a more philosophically sound question as opposed to, well, I was demon-possessed. That's still... That's increasingly iffy in our modern, more sophisticated <laughs> world. <clears throat> but the idea, the possibility that we have a destiny, that each of us has a fated role, strikes man as not only valid, but perhaps even, as I said, superior to, well, no doubt superior to religious notions of being demon-possessed, having evil spirits guiding your life in nefarious paths. But what if there is just a fate? As I said, you can find it all the way back in the Vedic literature, you can find it throughout the Greeks, and you can find it through Shakespeare, and you can find it right up until today. It's everywhere. It's in movies where they use the term fate or destiny anymore. Nowadays, it would probably be most likely found under some sort of guise of psychological influences, subconscious psychological influences, which was just another attempt to explain the same thing. Another way, just to present another question, uh, do you, does a man act as he acts now because of his own free will, or is it because of irresistible subconscious influences of which he's unaware? By now, you surely understand all these questions are the same thing. It's who's in charge here. What is running my life? Everyone knows they have a certain destiny. You know that if you were born a female, uh, that you'll never get somebody pregnant. You know that if you're born a male, you will never be pregnant. You'll never deliver a child. Once you get past that, and up until recently, you could say, you know that if you were born, well, of course, you're born one race, you're stuck with that. And I was going to say, if you're born with a certain physiological makeup, you're stuck with it. But as we all know, uh, corrective surgery, plastic surgery can make all kinds of changes. Lap it up suction. They even now, I don't know who you know it, but they are putting in extended bone fragments to increase people's height. There's all sorts of things, but still, generally speaking, uh, you know what I mean, that there are certain... They're very few, but there are certain irrefutable 
aspects of a fated life that you're fated to live by the sex. And of course, we all know that they're playing around with that through surgery, but still genetically, the kinds of people who will have their gender changed physically, supposedly through hormonal injections and actually turning penises inside out and all that stuff, the person already was genetically an anomaly. So the point is, an ordinary person, just an ordinary person with the right balance of uh, X and Y chromosomes, you're a man or you're a male or a female, and that's it. You're one race or the other. Uh, and generally speaking, as I said, you're going to have a certain physiological makeup. You're going to be prone to heaviness or thinness or tallness or shortness. Now I say prone, you just are. So there's that kind of destiny, that you're destined to live the life that your DNA, your genetics dictate. Everyone knows that. So we live a life of destiny, but we also live a life of a denial of destiny. Now, I started this talk on that basis that we live a life of destiny and a life of a denial of destiny. Instinct, of course, doesn't deny anything. If we're going to take my model again of us having an instinctive self is below the level of consciousness, and then we have a conscious self, a mental self, a thought-based self, that which we all ordinarily take to be us, what you course refer to when you say I because it's consciousness saying I. It's not your liver. I started just talking on the basis that we have a destiny and we have a denial of destiny, that instinct is living by destiny and our mental self lives to a great deal on the basis of denying we have a destiny. But I, just as I was pulling in the parking lot, I perceived I decided that I would take a different approach as soon as I walked in that is a somewhat of an oblique version of it, as I've already done, is rather than just point out that mentally we live by denial of destiny, that we have a destiny, is that mentally, that is man's consciousness, is a little more subtle. There's more to it that is useful than just looking on the basis that denies we have a destiny which is what consciousness in a sense is. Consciousness is saying, I have some freedom, or I have freedom. Whereas my lungs do not have freedom. My lungs cannot decide what mixture of gases they will breathe. It has to be just the right combination, or my lungs will cease to pump oxygen in my blood, and I will die, and all the other things that can happen to the body. That you are destined, you are fated, the rest of the body the rest of you, to live within a certain very, very narrow confines of an environment and that which you ingest, and etc. Consciousness lives primarily by, operates primarily by denying that it's fated. By denying or by affirming that it has freedom. I can believe anything I want to. I can change my mind. People I used to dislike, I now like. Political ideas I used to disapprove of, I now accept. I can do that. The mind still then proposes the question. Do we still... Now remember, it's the mind doing it. 
Nothing else is that part of the brain producing conscious thought that asks the question. And remember, it's totally dependent upon instinct. That part of the brain that produces conscious thought is just as reliant, just as absolutely dependent upon us eating food and all the subconscious, that is, instinctive actions that turn food into the proper kind of nourishment and send out and get the right vitamins and protons and sulfuric acids and whatever other stuff goes in the blood. And it gets up into the brain. It depends upon the same basic nourishment, the same operations, your part of the brain producing conscious thought that every other part of the body does. Same thing, same food, same demand, same kinds. In fact, there's a little more. You probably know a bit of oxygen and blood supply, but the same stuff. The brain does not get anything special, just more of it. But it gets that same substance, that same nourishment. The thing producing the nourishment, that is, everything about us, save conscious thought, has no idea, no questions, and has no, obviously then, it has no questions or ideas of whether we're fated, whether we have a destiny or not. So it ends up in the hands of the one thing that can think and talk, and it has the nerve. It has the stupidity. It has the greasiness. It has the saltiness. It has the height. As I mentioned, use your own modifier. It asks, do we have a destiny? Do we, and by it saying we, a man's thoughts doesn't give a damn whether anybody else's does. What he's asking is, do I have a fated life? Am I actually playing out a script, an unwritten script? Very few people, as you can observe, you don't have to be mystical, just base it upon literature and human conversation. Very few people can withstand the apparent, or I'd say obvious willies, that that gives people. You ever tried it? Well, you know, I brought it up Friday in another context about how you could actually, in the occult sense, the dream of making people do your will, that if you were clear-headed enough, if you understood what life was about, which is no way of saying if you understood the answer to the question, are we fated? Do we actually have a destiny? Then you could make people do your will because after that, you wouldn't care what they did. And so no matter what anybody did, if somebody asked you, well, I thought you were going to make them do your will. You go, well, that's it. Whatever it is, if you don't care, then they're doing your will. They can't not do your will. There's another way. Uh, I, I, when I say get the willies, I assume that all of you would know what I meant. But you can be doing something right now. I assume you can do such as this. You know, I can be talking. I can, you know, keeping my balance, doing all this. In a sense, planning. Ha ha, what I'm about to say. And while doing all this, I could, I could also right now have a thought like, uh, where was I going with this? What was the original point that I was talking about? And uh, there was something else I thought about about 30 seconds ago that I meant to include with this. And at the same time, I'm still talking. And then, do this. Now, i got to put in words, but I can do it instantly. And you can too. It, that's no great trick. But doing all of that and realizing, well, damn, I'm still talking. 
And I'm still running back my memory 30 seconds ago trying to get something, then start trying to put it forward to where I was going with this 30 seconds ago or 45 seconds ago. And then right then it hit me, this question. Just here I am. It's kind of coming to your senses. It's kind of becoming more awake in another sense that I used to describe it. Most of you seem to understand that the dimensions of life. It's right then, it's like I woke up from a slight snooze, and here I am still doing it, I don't stop, and I'm still talking, and it suddenly strikes me, am I simply here playing out a script? And when I say it, I don't mean it philosophically in some theoretical way. Has all of this been absolutely scripted? Even the point of me... If you can't do that then uh, I regret it on your behalf. And if you can't do that, and when you do do it, it gives you the willies. Of course, if you say you do it and it doesn't give you the willies, then I'll say this, you're not doing it. It puts a chill. Even when I know what's coming. Even when I, you might say, know all about it, I can still feel a chill. And I can tell that other humans, plenty of people from down Homer to Shakespeare, to Goethe, all kinds of people, and I'm sure I just don't keep up a common fiction, but it's been throughout fiction. I don't mean just the great so-called classics. That's part of what made them classics, though, is dealing with questions like that, even under fairly mundane settings of love affairs and wars. And... But I can tell. Every time somebody approaches that, I mean, I can just feel it in them. I can read it. Not just the words, but I can read the words and, you know, is our fate in the stars? Are we actually free to do what we want to? Or are we literally simply players on the stage and this whole thing has been written and we're just too dumb to know it or we just don't know it? Then maybe we can't know it. But I can, I can feel it of people who actually could get as close as I'm talking about, say like a Shakespeare, and just get that close and go, ooh, and suddenly shift the scene back to the castle. Back, back on the battlefield, that there here was this one guy, a king or somebody, sitting inside and looking out and thinking about what's going to happen today, that before the day's over, very likely he will either die in battle, or if he doesn't, by the time he comes back in, he knows he's already heard, and he can tell his brother-in-law is planning to kill him, and he's not sure what to do, and it even strikes him, I'm not sure I can do anything. It just kind of hits him that before this day's out, I'll be dead. And I don't think there's anything I can do about it. And I even, here I'm sitting thinking, and if I, if I know this much, then why not leave? Why not resist going out there on the battlefield today? I could do that. I don't go every day. And then why not lock myself in my room? Or when they say that Prince so-and-so, my brother-in-law has come to see me, tell the butler to, you know, tell him that I went out. Why don't I do all that? And it strikes him, I'm not going to do any of that. Before this day's out, I'll be dead. And there's not a damn thing I can do about it. Oh, of course, all this happens to people just like that. But what's really, when I say kind of the willy giving, is the mind also should think this. That's why I just tried to describe if you missed it, that wait a minute, if I feel that this is almost a given, and I'm forewarned about it, that I have this present knowledge of it, then what's to stop me from doing, from taking some action to thwart it? 
And at the same time, it realizes, I don't know why I'm not going to. I'm a dead man. I just hadn't laid down yet. It'll be a couple of hours, but I'm a dead man. It doesn't have to be that extreme, but that is where it shows up in literature, and I can feel it. Well, I understand what it is. The, the human mind cannot dwell on that. And I don't mean, as I said, not just an example that I may be dead. It doesn't have to be that bad. The question itself, are we fated? Is there a destiny that we cannot evade? And one more time, I point out, we all, everyone's, any sane person's mind knows that within a certain context, there is an unavoidable destiny. Your gender, your height, your race, your general state of health. It knows that. To question it any further, which it does, it can't stop. It'll question it further like, yeah, but beyond all that, yeah, 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 I know that. But then a few people, or maybe a lot of people, a few times, have the question go further, and they think, just it hits them sometime. Maybe not the extreme circumstances of I'm about to die, but just they're there in life, and I, I just know it. It happens to people. This strikes them. In fact, sometimes, we know how common it is people talk about deja vu. I would suggest to you, a long time ago it hit me that that is not, I know what they mean. We all know what that term means, that feeling. But I suggest to you what, that's what I'm talking about now. And I've never seen any ordinary mind or psychologist or anybody even theorize that. The rest of it doesn't make any sense. Unless you're going to get into, well, I've had previous lives or I have some sort of magical ability to read the future. i got no one for you. It's the mind being aware. I'm just, let's make it a possibility. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's the mind being aware. This is fate. But rather than face it like that, it feels like, ooh, it's almost like I've done this. And if you would slap the little face of the thought that said that, it might go, oh, all right, all right, all right. I know, I know. See, now you're one of the few people, if you followed that, that I would say that know what deja vu is. The rest of the world has been talking about it for several thousand years. And I even know for a fact that they're neuroscientists. They find that so interesting that some of them are using that as an approach to try to figure out how conscious thought is produced. That that is such an anomaly, and it is so real to people, that there must be something to it. But you'll never see, I don't think in our lifetime, the possibility that I just pointed out. It's just camouflage. Hmm, this is so familiar, it's like I've done that. Well, wait a minute, thought. The first part's all right. This is very familiar. Okay. But why is the only answer, well, it's like I've done this before. I'm sure some people even speculate, well, I've thought about it before. And it's just the, it's the memory of my previous thought that makes it seem that familiar. Okay, okay, but there's still keep going. Well, back to where I was. This whole possibility is real enough to thought. And it strikes people, obviously, enough that the question continues to hang in the air. And does everybody also understand, for me, it's like, try to show you how widespread it is. Also, the idea, the question of 
how much of our environment and our upbringing contributes to our personality and the, who we are, how much of that is due to our upbringing, our environment, our nurture, and how much is due to our intractable nature. Same thing. They just keep hiding it. The mind keeps moving this thing around. It's like a warehouse full of all these boxes that the mind doesn't want to look in, and it keeps moving them around. It puts new labels. It picks up one of the boxes and it knows what it thought was in there you know, last week if it's an individual and for humanity, some group of people, maybe a hundred years ago, and they'll put a new label on it and move it over to another side of the warehouse and then stand there and look at it. You go, now we're getting somewhere. We've got a new box. Now that box says, are we a product of our nature or of our nurture? And all it is is a new label on the same old box. Of course, the part I like is the box is empty anyway. But at any rate, don't say I told. It is pressing enough upon people that the mind continues to ask the question in various ways. That the mind of man has proposed the question, are we fated individually? Does each of us have a fated life, a scripted life, to which we are destined to play out. Is that all this is? All right. It proposes a question, and whenever the mind proposes a question, it's always on the basis of duality, as always. There's no other way, and so the answer is always either yes or no. That this question, the answer is either yes or no. So it proposes a question. That's what I, where I started, if you didn't get it, that there is a handful of questions that the mind proposes, not about the external world, not about physical, scientific, so-called things, but about the non-tangible world. It proposes the question, and then cannot. And the question itself inherently only has two answers, as far as the mind's concerned. Are we, do we have a fated existence? All right. It's either yes or no. Based on the question, or do we have freedom of will? Yes, sir. The question, unless you're just going to push your foot around and dance with it forever, the question is just yes or no. So the mind proposes this world astounding question. Are we fated to live a certain prescripted life? <laughs> okay, let's see. That's a hard one. That's what I meant. Does you don't nobody appreciates the spot. I didn't cover it. The greasiness, the pigginess. Well, I still don't know whether that wasn't the real point tonight. But whether anybody, I can't believe that wouldn't wake people up <laughs> to consider the fact that there's these handful of questions that men, collectively, individually, historically, have taken to be of grave, grave significance. Well, like, is there a God? I just avoided some of the more common prissy ones. It presents these questions that everyone on this planet in a lucid moment will agree, well, yes, that is, that is an important question. That, I mean, your life, your future, eternity, your eternal future could depend on this question. I always like that. Do you believe in God? Well, I don't know. 
Well, sir, brother, you better make up your mind because your eternal fate depends upon. And nobody ever stops to think, wait a minute. My eternal fate. I'll leave that one to you. My eternal my eternal future depends upon, well, okay, well, I can't cover everything in one night, can I? Sure I can. I have before. Most of you left going, I don't know how you went. Well, some of you went, I know, sort of in the southeast direction because I know where you live. What I was going to say was, I can't understand how anybody, figuratively speaking, can face this if they can see just that one thing and continue to believe that they are what their thoughts tell them they are or that life is what their thoughts say that it is and that is to realize that the human mind keeps coming up with questions and has four or five favorites and they're all variations of the same thing but comes up with questions that apparently are of, ex are of supreme probably importance of course, the mind says that in the same way that I've been through this way, that the mind says, well, if it could be proven that there's a God, you know, life would change instantly for everybody, me, everybody. And I point out to you, I assume you've heard it when I did it before, do you personally? That's not true. It's true in thought. Thought says, if it could be proven, and I point out to you that suddenly a voice could ring out all across the earth, hello, this is God. And I'm sick of everybody, you know, arguing about whether I exist or not. And anyway, listen, this is me. Look up the sky. And right then he does like playing around with the color knob on your monitor. And he says, watch this. And he turns the sky purple. And he says, watch this. Stripes. And everything turns stripes. So just a few things like that. And so everybody go, woo. Plus everybody on the planet hears the voice at the same time. And he says, I just want you to know. There is a me. This is me, and I'm here, okay? So I just want you to know. It's about time, I guess. So uh, maybe I'll talk to you later. Anyway, I'm here. That's it. All right, the mind says if that happened, extracting my little humor, but if that happened, everyone's mind on this planet, every same person goes, well, and it doesn't matter whether they are a believer or a heathen right now, they would say if that happened, life instantly on this planet would never be the same. And that's not true. And I'm not going to try to prove it to you either here or not. It would be a big topic of conversation. How many people are you talking about it throughout eternity? Well, as long as you're here, which is eternity to you, people would be talking about that. Not everybody, by the way. Surprisingly, I can see this. Surprisingly, out of six billion people, there'd be a lot of people that, well, some of you obviously, you must know it. And it sounds funny, I guess, to ordinary minds, but you must know it. There would be many, many people. I'm talking about probably into the billions out of the six. Well, into the high millions. They would probably never mention it again. They'd probably look at somebody next to them and go, holy shit. And they'd probably never mention it again unless somebody brought it up. Now, remember, I'm not saying that now this God thing came down and interfered. He just made himself known. That's all. Because that's human thought says that's all it would take. If we knew for a fact that there was this thing, this God, all of human life would change, and each individual would say beforehand, my life, oh my God, I, 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 it's hard for me to say how, but I could not live as I do now. 
if I knew for a fact, and the force says, I'm God, I'm here, I've been watching everything, I'm always watching. I'm God, I'm everything you imagine. Those of you that imagine me, I'm watching, and so just want you to know. So you're around. A human says, if that happened, my life, it's hard for me to predict. I can say one thing for sure, I would not live as I do now. My life would never be the same, and that's an absolute lie. Just a dream. So, the mind continues to come up with questions that seem that important, and yet I say that if you have for two people, I always assume you do, that you hear what I'm saying. If we have to say yes or no, you'd say yes, that is what would happen. That is nothing. People just talk about it. If God did not change anything physically, so what the human mind is saying is that there is some knowledge that might be the one that everybody would agree on, either that or extraterrestrials nowadays, that people say if we actually knew there was other intelligent life in this planet, if we knew that collectively as a fact, an undeniable fact, all life would change. Just the same thing as God. But, and I won't go through the story. I've been through that before. I picture it. It'd be the same thing. It's a big old ship hovered over the planet Earth as large as the sun. It just took up the sky. And the voice came down and says, yes, we're intelligent life. We're obviously more intelligent than you to get here, to be sitting up here in this huge piece of machinery, to make all of you on the planet here at one time. Yes, there is intelligent life. We're aware of you. We've been watching you. And we're out there. Not your imagination, we're out there. So we just wanted to say hello, I figured we'd finally settle the matter, and then it flies off. And that's all. Just the knowledge that there is. And everyone says, things are, oh God, what would, how, how different would human life be? Not at all. Here's the point. Don't get hung up on the examples. The point is, the mind thinks up these absolute, to it, astounding scenarios, these possibilities. What if there is life? What if there is a God? What if there's this guy? I mean, Jesus, how big would it? What if there's a guy? Something with intelligence that made us and watch. Ooh. Same thing to go. What if we're just here and we're in a play and we don't know it? And all this shit about me always wondering, well, how will I pay the rent? Or will I ever be rich and famous? Or will my f girlfriend come back? Or... What's, what's, what'll happen to me? What if that's insanity? What if there's a script and I'm playing it out? And of course, just part of the script is that I periodically kind of look off stage and do a brief soliloquy like to myself, like, my God, my life is falling apart. Am I having a nervous breakdown? What if all of that's scripted? I say to you that that's the one that the mind doesn't even want to deal with in a sense as much as it will speculate on the idea of God. Again, I say they're all the same thing. But here it is, a human thought comes up with a question that seems that astounding and would even say, if asked, the kinds of people that would speculate on it, if I said, well, what if it could be proven? I don't know how, but what if we could prove? I guess it'd take a God or a spirit or a voice that said I'm fake. But if I asked somebody that was speculating and said, sometimes I think, that we're just playing out a script. Humanity, sometimes I see it on a mass level, large groups of people, nations. And at times I feel it, I sense it on an individual level. 
I sense in some of the people around me, my, my husband, my girlfriend, my mother, one of my friends, I see how they live and how they try to change the problems they have. And at times I can look at them, and to me it's just clear as hell. I can almost see their future. And I don't believe in that kind of shit. But I can almost tell that they're saying, well, I'm going to change and do this and that. And I can tell they're going to continue to do just what they did, and they're probably going to come to such and such end. To me, it's just I'm not going to say it. I've always encouraged them to do better and blah, blah, blah. But I can just look. I can see. It's almost as though he's playing out a role. Sometimes I can see it about other people, and sometimes I, I, I feel it. It just runs over me that I think, well, here I am, and I can't really help what I'm doing. I don't mean I try to excuse what I've done, but it just suddenly comes to me. I've never said it to anyone, and I feel like I'm just playing out a role. I'm just playing out. I just don't remember reading the script. I don't know where it comes from, but I am playing out a pre-written script, a role. All right, such a man, if he said that he's thought about such as that, and if I said, all right, if it could be proven that that is all we're doing, that that is what we're doing, what would be the outcome? What would be the result if, I could, if it could be proven to humans? What would, he, what would the man's mind say? What would any reasonable, ordinary person's mind say? The same thing that they would about God and extraterrestrials. They'd go, well, if we knew that, if we knew for a fact that we're simply playing out a preordained role and that we, we've got no choice, why everything, my God, my life wouldn't be the same. Yours wouldn't, no one's life, but life would not be the same. That's why I'd like to grab him by the throat and go, is there anything resembling thinking possible in your head? How can you say that if it was proven that life course he was really a smart ass like me i'd go well life could be all that different because that could be part of the script i just thought i'd end to get you off the track because that's not what would happen it couldn't happen but does anybody know why we don't have time for that <laughs> but you do know in yourself you don't have to just deal with my fictitious third party you know that your own thinking if you had been presented with that and you hadn't been primed for it, that every mind on this planet, if you told, if you announced the world, or if you asked the world, if it could be proven that we are doing nothing, each and every one of us, on a large scale, but then each individual, has been, his life has been scripted. It's part of, a obviously, a much larger script, but each person's little role has been scripted. And you're simply playing out that role. Me, you, everybody. If that could be proven, without any doubt, don't ask me how, I would tell people. But if just it could be proven, it was suddenly made to be reality in everyone's thinking. What would be the result? And you know that your mind, under ordinary conditions, your thinking, and everyone else's would say, I've got no idea what... All I know is this, life would just total. it would just be instantly different. None of, I don't know, we couldn't live like we do. I don't know what would happen. It would just be, <laughs> I'm hyperventilating. It would just be, uh, nothing would be, everything would change. Nothing would change. How 
Can people be aware that the mind proposes these questions or an individual be aware that his mind will listen to such questions and go, that's a heavy, that, that's serious, or, that, or have any interest in it, to speculate on it and not realize the fact that all such questions that the mind proposes about man, not about the world, which we're back to what I, my model is when the mind is doing its real job of helping us survive. Whenever the mind has come up with a question that is non-physical in basis, that is intangible, it is always a question that presents only yes or no possible answers, true or false, yes or no. And then it does not realize, no one has ever noticed this, at least spoken about it, that it cannot accept either of the answers to such questions as definitive. They are not conclusive when, if you ask the mind, well, listen, Yes or no doesn't cover it. We're either living a scripted, fated life or we're not. That's the question you proposed to him, isn't it, sir? And the man says, well, yes. All right. What's the possibility besides yes, we are or no, we're not? As I said, you could, as they say in the South, pussyfoot around it and try to go, well, you know, maybe a little of this, maybe a little of that. And nobody accepts that. Anybody proposes that. It's like being a little pregnant, as they say. It's like being just a partial atheist. Yeah, but what if you what if you die and there is a big God and you're up there in that big judgment day? And he goes, It says here that you're an atheist. But somebody one time reported to me that you're an atheist, and you went, Ah, no, no, not full time. Nobody believes that's gonna work if you believe in the big judgment day and the big guy, and you go, I heard one time that you were an atheist. You go, nah. You know, you know, it was like a hobby. I did it, you know, every other year. I was a little pregnant. I was just a partial atheist. I just, I just didn't believe in you sometimes. None of that will work. Do you get the point? The point is the mind knows, or it doesn't know it this way, but the mind, when it proposes these questions based upon intangibles, If you're following me, you should wake up even before the point that I was getting to. Or I said, just the fact that every question of a non-tangible basis that the mind proposes always offers only yes or no answers. Even if you didn't know the term wake up, how come that didn't put somebody's mind in some sort of a hammerlock? Why don't just ordinary people that consider themselves reflective and philosophically bent get straightened out? throughout the ages, that it hit them that everything the mind does, it proposes these questions that appear to be very important. I mean, it's a good thing I got my mind because my liver, I mean, I know my liver, or maybe my stomach better. My stomach would have never asked, do I only eat because I'm playing a script? My genitals never say, do I not actually care for what we're doing and it's just some way I'm fated to do it? Could I resist? Or... It's insanity. Oh, it's just foolishness. It's only the mind comes up with questions. And the questions are never about instinctive matters. As, as I said, they're not about the physical world. Not in the sense we're talking about. They're always intangibles. They're about man himself. That is the invisible, the internal man. 
And the mind does not notice that every question it comes up with is on the basis that there's either a yes or no answer to the question. Just immediately. You don't, as soon as the question comes to a man's mind, as soon as he speaks it or writes it, as soon as it's in his consciousness, it's either yes or no. Whoever the first man, or if you did it on your own, and one day you thought, am I just living out a script? As soon as you said it, you didn't have to analyze it. You surely know what I'm saying. The way it works in the mind, there's no question as to the possible answers. It's either yes or no. Is there? It just I, I wonder if we live after we die. There is no halfway. It's either yes or no. But then no one's mind notices, all right, we think of these questions. And many of them profound, or some of them profound, and every one of them come with the two possible answers. They come as part of the package. That the answer to the question is either yes or no. And that doesn't that's enough. I say it in a free love in a better universe, I'd wake everyone up or give you such a headache that you would seek relief. But that's not it. That doesn't do it. But there's another stage. You've got another chance. And that is to realize the part of the package, every time the mind thinks of one of these questions about things intangible, the possible answers come along with it that are always yes or no. And no one can ever accept either one of them as being satisfying. That was your second chance. All the humans that didn't get a terrible headache and won't awaken after the first part that, ooh, every question we come up with, it's of supreme importance, universal, infinite significance. There are always questions that only have a yes or no answer. If you got past that, if you're too dumb for that one to wake you up, then the next one should be, the next chance is, right after that, go, huh. It's not like we're given ten possible answers and we're still working on them. There's only two. And so in your spare time, as you're sitting there waiting on a bus or the checkout line, you can think, well, is there life after death? Do we have freedom of will or not? And I say, well, it's yes or no. Well, right quick. I mean, since it's just two, you can try yes on for size and go blah, 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 blah. And you go, well, no. So then you try no. And then it should hit somebody. Maybe you go back to yes and think, well, maybe I overlook something. So you go back to yes right quick. And you're moving up in the line. you got your kumquats ready to pay for them. And you go, all right, I'll try yes again. And you write through and you go, ma, 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 ma. You go, no, no, that's not it. So you go back to, well, I'll try no. Got to be no, then. This is only two. So you go back to no. Ma, 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 ma. And by then the cashier says, is this your milk? And thank God you're able to forget about it. Because if you'd gone any further, you'd have to realize, wait a minute. The human mind thought up this question, along with the question, only came two possibilities. And now the human mind can't take either one of the possibilities. Mine, nobody's. Neither mine nor anybody's. Isn't this interesting? Yeah, but not as interesting as, look at this milk carton. They've changed the color. And can you believe the price of kumquats? Thank God there's somebody behind you that you can speak to so that you don't have to think about it. And if there's not, you just turn around and say it to an imaginary person. Why not? You talk to yourself. Well, yourself talks to you. Well, uh, no, you know what I mean. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.